Greetings everyone, hey how you doing? It's Matt Sella. Today I am doing a special review for Netflix's latest Nickelodeon special, Invader Zim. Enter the Florpus. For this review, I'm going to go non-spoilers for the first couple minutes, and for the remainder of the review, go into full spoilers, telling exact parts of the special I liked, didn't like, whatever it may be. And don't you worry, I will put up a spoiler warning once I get into it. But for now, it's non-spoilers. Now, before I get into the synopsis for this special, just as a quick reminder, be sure to subscribe to this channel to check out reviews that are going to be just like this one. I'd really appreciate it. But if you want to wait before you want to subscribe, that's fine too. Just want to put that out there. Make sure to subscribe to support my channel to do more reviews like this and so on. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. So to quickly summarize what this is all about... Zim has been in hiding for some time now, which I also appreciate the fact that this show or special doesn't really tell us what the time frame is of how much time has passed since the very last episode of Invader Zim back in 2006 to now. It's kind of implied that maybe a few months have passed or maybe even a year, who knows? So I am kind of happy that this special doesn't really ground itself in a specific year, as I do not think the original show did that as well, which is interesting in contrast to the Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling special we had last week, which clearly defined that 20 years has passed since the last episode of Rocco to the special we got recently. But anyway, so now Zim is coming out of hiding. He thinks he came out with a great plan to make the tallest appreciate the fact that he's going to invade Earth all for the Urken Empire. And Dib, who has been watching Zim for a long time, is quite out of shape and decides to finally get out of the chair and do something about Zim's latest evil plan which all has to do with something, and that is the general summary that I will give, because as the special unfolds, a lot of interesting twists and turns happen, but I won't get into it too much here. But to continue the non-spoiler summary, I actually think that visually, this special is really interesting. It's really good. It was a little rocky at the beginning, because to kind of take it out of the way, it's been probably more than 10 years since we've seen anything Invader Zim newish aside from maybe like a couple graphic novels and things like that there were a couple redesigns that came about in the special that we saw and i remember looking at it and i know joe murray was really adamant about making his special traditionally animated style as he is used to and normally known for and i believe this special was also trying to go with that as well the creator of the show I apologize if I butcher his name. I recognize it when I see it in text, but I never actually said it out loud before. Joan Vasquez. Vasquez. Now, I'm just going to put the name on the screen right now. That guy, I assume, has a very traditional 2D background. And it certainly showed in the special. However, because of the more modern CRISPR designs, which I'll put on the screen as well, there are some differences. It's a little bit more rounder. It's a little bit more cutesy and colorful. But it still has his signature, dare I say, gothic style or kind of, I know because I remember as a kid in Hot Topic, there were a lot of Invaders in merch there, which is probably where I got most of it anyway. But I guess there's that cult connection there of like how dark and emo edgy Invader Zim kind of is, even though it's more of a cynical show with a bit of humor. The point is... It is a little bit more modernized, but still holds that heart of what made Zim dark comedy material. And a lot of the voice actors return, which is pretty cool, I think. And it still carries that sense of humor. And it's still kind of a dumb-driven 
plot contrivacy. Meaning, I'm not saying like the thing is stupid. I'm saying Zim is very naive and absent-minded to others around him, including the tallest, the humans, and what have you. He's gung-ho about proving his worth to the tallest, otherwise he will be decommissioned, as he puts it. And so he'll do whatever it takes to get that approval, which leads to Enter the Florpus, which it's actually kind of a good thing I did not read Netflix's description because for a while I didn't quite understand what the Florpus was. And I believe the Netflix description says it, but I just kind of ignored it. And I'm kind of glad I did because I, again, this special has a lot of twists and turns in things I didn't quite expect. And the cool thing is, and I'm not going to say specifically what for this portion, there were a lot of callbacks to the original series, which was pretty cool because there were some things I was wondering about where it was like, okay, are they going to remember this? Are they not going to remember that? A good chunk of it, they did. There was like one thing that kind of happened in the beginning that I was like, wait, I thought that affected Zim, but I guess not. Maybe there's uh, some explanation of why that is. And there's a couple continuity errors in the like visuals themselves, but they are not that apparent. And aside from like Gur being hilarious for who he is, I think the problem is for me personally is that I've kind of grown past some of the silly stupidity humor of just being absent-minded in general as funny to me. I'm not offended by it. It's just, it doesn't make me as chuckle as it used to be. Gur is still adorable, as well as the mini moose things, but I'm not squeeing about it as an old man right now. So, but for the most part, there are parts that happened throughout editing and sudden cuts or subvert expectations that happens in this special that did make me laugh for a good moment. So I think overall, I'm definitely going to give this special an entertained. I don't know if I liked it better than the Rocco's one because the Rocco, that one played a lot more on some personal stories despite its crude humor and such. I feel like this was more the action-oriented Nicktoon special I wanted to see. Something that Ironically enough, can turn off my brain and just enjoy the bleak sci-fi grittiness and stylized alien action going on. So yeah, I'm going to go with Entertained. I really thought it was a lot of fun to watch. It was longer than the Rocco special, so that was pretty interesting. And I think if you're a fan of Invader Zim, you're definitely going to love this. And I know I, I got really close to loving it too. I don't know if I'll say exactly that I loved it or not because there were some interesting narrative points and character arcs they tried to put in there. But for the sake of what Invader Zim is, they didn't dwell on it as much as like Rocco's Static Cling did, which is fine. Not every Nick special has to be a character piece or study. I understand that. I get that. I was happy with this almost as much as the Rocco one. And I am a bigger Invader Zim fan than I am of Rocco. So I am satisfied. Good on you guys. Let's keep them coming if there's anything else we can reach back on. And so that will do it for my non-spoiler segment of this review. If you have seen Invader Zim enter the Florpus, then please proceed ahead. But if you have not and you are interested in seeing it but don't want to be spoiled any little tidbits or what have you, you have been warned. Spoilers ahead. We all clear? Okay, here we go. Enter the Florpus. So first things first, that intro of summarizing who might be unfamiliar with the original run of Invader Zim, the graphic novel introduction style, was so goddamn rad. I freaking loved it. I like the fact that it kind of had a little bit of that manga look to it, but still had that American comic style as well, 
where the lines and everything was like all pencil sketchy and all that stuff was amazing. I love that. I love how fluid it was. I love the tonal shifts and all that. I thought that did a fantastic job summarizing the show or as like a catch up for anyone who has seen it many years ago, which is kind of the boat I'm in saying, oh, yeah, that was pretty much the basic premise of the show. And I thought that was really good. Um, going back to the visual style, like I mentioned before, like I remember seeing the father, he looked a lot more stockier for some reason. I mean, it was even interesting to see him kind of get electrocuted and see that he actually has a very short torso and long legs. I thought that was kind of funny. And like I said before, I kind of pulled up an image showing the comparisons that I found online, which I thought was really interesting. They definitely made her a little less darker. Like she has dark moments, but she's more forgiving and more open. To like Dib's emotional trauma or whatever. The parts I mentioned where there was some inconsistencies, I thought it was a little strange that Zim was out in the quote-unquote rain waiting for Dib to appear. But I guess Zim put on a sprinkler for dramatic effect, and that sprinkler might not actually be spewing out water, but maybe something that's safe for Urkins. I don't know. If that was indeed water, that's a little inconsistent, because I remember there was this one episode of Invader Zim, where Zim got hit by like a droplet of water and his skin started to burn. Because apparently his species don't like water or H2O or something. So whatever. And again, there were a couple moments where like, I remember when Dib entered the house, he left the door open. He walked forward, talked to Gurr. Maybe a couple shots later, we see the door is fully closed. We don't see it closed. It is closed. There's a couple like little continuity errors there, but didn't really bother me that much. Continuity errors happen in every film, TV show, whatnot. It's inevitable. But referring back to the plot, I found it kind of interesting where, yes, the tallest, once again, do not give a poo about Zim. Kind of hate the guy. And... (laughs) When we cut back to their armada, because I remember that's what they were using to, like, take over everything. They're just going in a straight line, destroying any planets that happen to be in their path. Which is not really a great strategy for conquering the universe. But whatever. It was also kind of funny to see I didn't expect the tallest ship to be that big as it was destroying planets. Or those planets are just that small, which I guess barely makes them moons, but whatever. But it was also interesting to me that they, uh, this special was really kind of setting up an arc between Dib and his father, which I remember in the show, he was just kind of there as a science guy. Everything's about science being dramatic, and I thought he was really cool for that, but he was just there. In this one, it was really interesting to establish that the father was like really hoping that Dib would go past his aliens and ghost phase and start going into real science. And so there's that disconnect there, and in many ways, Dib does all he can to prove that Zim exists and is an alien, all to get the approval of his father. So I thought that was a really interesting little approach. Oh, and that one joke that Zim said about in order to subjugate humans, all he has to do is charge them? Yeah, (laughs) that sounds about just right. But yeah, referring to things that the twists and turns in the special, like, I figure Zim would try to plan something, but as the intro showed, he actually had no idea what phase two is. And I guess that's part of his strengths. He's kind of improvising every time he does something evil. And so when Gaz says like, oh yeah, whatever Zim's got planned, it's not going to work. And granted, I remember watching the show, there's been a couple times he got pretty close, but my question is, what if it does? And turns out it kind of does, where he was able to hijack Membrane Labs do something with the peace bracelets, which was kind of a bizarre concept already, have the children around the world connect, create a giant loop, 
and using Mini Moose to have superpowers, which I totally forgot Mini Moose was a thing, I'll be honest with you, caused a quantum jump of teleporting the planet right into the path of the tallest, which I thought was a really interesting turn I didn't expect. Because I remember during the scene when Zim was like, okay, computer, could you tell me the flight plan of the Armada and let me know how close Earth is to it, just so I know. And after a little while, Zim learns, oh, 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 the Earth is like a, a zillion light years away. Not even in the path of the tallest Armada. And he was genuinely depressed about it until he learned about the bracelet thing. So it was kind of cool to see that he actually did have that realization that the tallest just don't care about him at all. Well, maybe not entirely, but he got a hint that he would only end up failing them anyway. So the fact that he teleported the planet right into their path was something I didn't expect because honestly, when he created that circle and then used the mini moose to power it, I actually thought he was creating a portal to force the armada to appear right next to earth and the whole invasion thing would just kind of commence there or something i was expecting that not the actual teleporting the planet to them which i thought was really a good twist i did not expect and of course this reckless teleportation technology created a black hole which zim decides to call a florpus for some reason interesting enough the urkins actually just called it a space hole so I guess Zim just likes to improvise fancy words that don't sound fancy at all. But kind of funny, when he took over the membrane labs, the dad was knocked out and thrown into nowhere. No, I'm kidding. Was sent to space prison. A cool call back to Tack's ship. Dib still has it and is able to find a way to repair it and fly off to save his dad, which when they finally reunite, his dad just kind of goes with it, assuming that everything is just a mass hallucination after being hit on the head. All the aliens, all the weird tech. We get a little bit of that going on, of building that relationship where Dib is trying to reach out to his father. Father's like, this is very interesting. It's not real, but it's really almost believable. And so there were a lot of cool moments there. And not as strong as a Rocco special, but it was kind of cool to see that in some parts, Dib's father, after hearing Dib saying like, I'm just trying to do this so you can finally be proud of me. And the father does the typical line of saying like, Dib, I'll always be proud of you, man. And so there were kind of sweet moments like that. It wasn't like heart to heart too much there, but it definitely established that this is the motivation for some of these characters. But to kind of wrap up more on the visual stuff, because I could probably go on and on with all these points that I made. I think some of my favorite parts, especially near the end, where they got the mini moose, Dib, Gaz, and the father, and are trying to like unite the children again, and then use the mini moose to power the portal to teleport Earth back to where it was. As they approach the Florpus hole, their reality, or at least the visuals of their reality, starts going haywire crazy. And I bet the animators and artists loved the tearing reality apart scene just so they could animate the characters in different styles. Because I know I would, and I remember looking at the credits at the end of the special, they actually had a stop motion animation team, which was pretty rad. They had so many different looks to them. I thought it was great. And I probably missed a few, but I'm willing to bet there's a couple little Easter eggs in those moments because some of the characters go really crazy. And I often wonder if any of them are like a callback to other Nickelodeon shows or errors of animation. I bet if I ask some of my animated friends who may have seen it, I'm willing to bet they were able to spot some of these things because I'm really curious about that. And if in the comment section below, if you notice some of those style callouts, let me know because I really want to know. Oh, and one thing that really reached out to my heart and just made me feel warm 
is near the very end of that tense moment, they actually put in flashes of pencil test animation for the special. You could see the timing and the numbers and all that stuff, like with the blue pencils, the red pencils to kind of differentiate arcs and like background settings and all. I just love that. That that made my heart flutter, man. That was great. I loved it. And it was just funny to see it end all with the Urkans like, oh, cool. The Earth moved out of the way. We were going to blow it up because screw it. We want to keep going straight. But no, Earth just vanished. And they're like, cool, we could keep going straight. And then they go straight into the space hole and evaporate. Or rather, they just end up between dimensions. So I guess that's the end of the Armada. They really are an absent-minded race of invaders, hmm. Or at least they're very stubborn. They're very stubborn. Although I do feel bad for that one Armada driver who was like, can we just like turn around it so we can just assume? And the tallest are like, why would we ever do that? Let's just keep going straight. Turning is so boring. I don't know, man. It's like I've watched so many sci-fi shows and things like that where if you really think about it, and again, this is a comedy, a little bit of a satire. I get that. But if these Urken guys ever cross paths with, like, other hostile aliens, they would probably get their asses kicked. I'm sorry. I mean, these guys are great. They're hilarious, but they're not that bright. They just go forward and blow things up. I, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, it was hilarious. And I think overall, yeah, I, I still stand. I was very entertained. Almost borderline loved it, but I was very close. Again, I think this special did everything I wanted it to do and more. Richard Horvitz reprising his role as Invader Zim is always a treasure to me. I love that guy. I really hope we'll get more of him and more stuff soon, but we'll see. And I don't know if they'll do more specials or not. They kind of left it in the air that it could continue. But personally, I don't know. It's interesting seeing the Laco one and then seeing this Invader Zim one. I often wonder if these are like reignited pilots, for lack of a better word. You know, kind of something to like put out there to test the waters to see how audiences react to it. And if it gets like a lot of good social praise and viewerships on Netflix, I personally wonder to myself, is this the creator's way of saying like, hey, I could continue this, but I want to see if this is something people would really want. And if they really do, that will make the artistic investment and dedication to warrant it. And that's kind of my question for you guys. If you have seen the Invaders in one or the Rocco one, let me know if this is something in this style you want to see more content of or continuation. I personally think I don't know. Meaning like I would love more. I just don't know if it would have the same weight or impact because it's interesting. The Rocco one was kind of a commentary on how reboots are done. And so there was a lot of like fourth wall breaking and subtext to all that. This one played way less of a commentary on that and was just a straight continuation. It was like an elaborate episode continuation of the Invader Zim show. Personally, I think I would love to see more Invader Zim stuff, but as an adult who kind of likes more emotional stories or like character arcs and things like that, I don't really know if it would give me the same satisfactions as say like some other shows might, but... For the sake of satirizing sci-fi humor and trying to come up with more unique and quirky, maybe semi-disturbing ideas, I'd be down for it. But I really don't know. I would not have any opposition if they do continue either Invader Zim or Rocco into either more specials or a limited series on Netflix. I'd be totally down for it. 
But that's my question to you. Would you want to see more content from Zim or Larko's Mountain Life? Or do you think that these specials wrap up on what they were trying to say and we could just move on to like new shows or just have the creators themselves try new ventures in different properties? Who knows? Who really knows? But that will do it for my special review of Invader Zim and Tur the Floppess. Let me know in the comment section below. Did you see this special? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. And if you enjoyed reviews just like this one, please consider going to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Matt Seller. Consider donating a dollar or more a month will help go towards my art, animation, podcasts, and content made just for you. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel and ring that bell so you will be notified when new videos drop. Give this video a like if you enjoyed it. And this is Matt Seller thanking you all for tuning in. Thank <laughs> you.